Hello and welcome to the Language Connection podcast, a podcast about meeting members of the Language Connection community, getting to know them and their lives a little bit more. My name is Luke and my guest for today, Mr. Oliver how are you? Hello, Luke. I'm doing great. Hello, listeners. Tell us a little bit about who you are and why you're here in Bolivia. Well, for those who don't know me, my name is Ollie. Uh, I'm from Australia and I've been teaching at Language Connection for almost two years now, four semesters. You're our, uh, our, at the moment, the only Australian I've actually ever seen in Bolivia. Have you ever <laughs> seen any other Australians in Bolivia while you've been here? There must be a couple of Australians here, but I've never seen them. Have you ever seen a Bolivian in Australia? I have not. No, the other way around. Like, there's not no. much. No. You're the ambassador, basically, <laughs> for Bolivian and Australian yeah. uh, relations. I know. I, I always remind my, my students that, you know, teenage students, that you can go and study in Australia. It's a nice place down It's there. an option, isn't it? Like, we it's get, an option. <laughs> we talk to students and it's, it's America, obviously, right? It's a great option mm. for you, but it's not the only one out mm-hmm. there. Loads of Bolivian students are interested in knowing why you would come to Bolivia. <laughs> Do Australians know much about Bolivia? Not really, you know. Um, people, that they know about South America as a whole. The thing is, people know about the salt flats and they've heard about La Paz, but they're not too sure. But Bolivia is like an, an unknown to Australians, which is a shame. And I'm trying to like change people's minds and opinions about Bolivia and South America. What are the questions that you get asked when you go home? Like if you're there for Christmas or whatever and you're with your family and they want to know more about your life, there's so much to say, but where do you start? The first thing that like Australians think about South America is, is it safe? Because everyone watches the news and it's only bad things on the news. So that's the first question. Is it safe? Second question is, how is the food? Uh, and how I is sa- the food, Ollie? Well, I don't really know. <laughs> I think I'm too simple to try the food. I like saltenias, but that's, a, that's about it. But how have you managed to not eat? What haven't you eaten that you should have eaten by now? As someone who's been in Bolivia for two years. Well, I don't even know the name of the traditional dishes. I'm, I'm, a, bad, I'm a bad expat in Bolivia. <laughs> okay, let's do a checklist. Sopa de mani. I've eaten it, but it's... It's not... Okay. Yeah. It's a good job this is a podcast. Yeah. No, no one can attack you. <laughs> uh, this is not a way of making you popular. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, okay, and Maharito? I've tried it once. Probably need to try it again at like a traditional cooked restaurant. So I can't even ask you if you prefer it wet or dry. I didn't. I don't even know what that means, but okay, <laughs> sure. Picante de pollo? it's just a bit of spicy chicken isn't it i agree with you on that one <laughs> <laughs> I, sorry i, I, I find picante de pollo the most boring of the of the bolivian yeah. options i like majadito sonso no i haven't tried that I mean, I mean i may have tried that but i don't recall trying that <laughs> okay we're going to abandon the food conversation yeah. at this point before <laughs> i feel like i'm the worst person to talk about food That's right there's going to be other, other episodes <laughs> you can yeah. hear someone else talk about it and get inspired true true um You've got into cumbia I do the like, last two years. Right? I do like cumbia. Was it something you knew about before? No idea. No idea. And actually, it was. I didn't really know about it before former teachers Anthony, a former teacher Anthony, introduced it to me. And since then, I just love it. It's it's good vibes. It's dancing music, and it's a Saturday afternoon with a tarasca. So, have you learned a lot of the lyrics to some cumbia songs? <laughs> of course not. 
I mean, I do. I've I've seen you singing bits. Yeah, like I know, like the chorus of like two songs. Oh, I thought you knew more than that. You've yeah. been you've been looking like you know a lot more than you do. That <laughs> that's the impo- that's the important thing. Look like you know what you're talking uh, about. Okay. And your favorite song? I do like I do like the Los Angeles Azules. Uh, es suficiente. It's a classic one. And there's one called Ni Contigo Ni Sin Ti. It's by Pele Aguilera. Search I'm, me. It's not. It's not a thing I've ever got into. Yeah, I'm doing it. You've never been into, you're not into cumbia? Not really. Oh, not look, really. you're a... It's very samey for me. It is samey. It's fine for a part, party atmosphere in the background, but then it becomes... Repetitive. I've never completely... I, mean, I don't hate it by any means, but I've never connected to it either in the way wow. that it connects to other styles of music. I like it. I really do like it. It's just, it's just really different to what I normally listen to, which is pop. Right. You know, yeah, pop music from the States or Australia or just English pop. So it's kind of nice to have uh, not reggaeton because I like regga- Spanish reggaeton music um, and I can dance that and do whatever. But I do like cumbia as something that's, you know, super different from what I normally listen to. Have you found it easy to dance to? I mean, I just move my hips and shake my arms. It's not really okay. <laughs> is, there, is there much of a... Because it seems... I don't know. For me, coming from, from a different part of the world as well and coming to Latin America, there's this idea that, well, especially British people, don't like movement. We don't like dancing. It's very embarrassing. We don't know how to do it. We I was going to say, we, it's not that we don't like it. I think we don't know how to do it. Right. And so we start a little bit later, perhaps, yeah. and then we don't have the confidence. Because dancing is all about confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not really about, well, I mean, yes, it is about technique. But yeah. who really cares what you're doing as long as you're doing something? Mm, I remember when I, when I was at uni and I lived on campus and a lot of uh, Latino students would come and study for a semester. And we'd have like... On Saturday nights, it'd be there's a big a big room where we have like a a gathering type thing, and all the Latinos would put their music on and they'd start like moving their hips and shaking around, and then you know all the Australians would get up and they're like, "Come on, guys, move your hips, move your hips!" I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> because then you become the the show. Because if anyone who's put on the spot and told to dance suddenly dances not as well as they were doing beforehand. And everyone looks at them. Yeah. <laughs> so like, what's he doing? So what's the what's the possibility of being able to dance well as someone who's got less practice mm. and then all the spotlights on you rather than just, okay, just leave me in the background for a little bit. I'll just, I'll get into this. Yeah. I can, I can move a little bit. I haven't like lost the power of my legs. I can move them. But yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know. When I was traveling through Brazil in 2018, I went to a, a dance class with my friend and there was like 20 people and they were all doing this choreographed dance. And here I am at the back, like looking like an absolute, you know. Stealing focus. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I was so uncoordinated. And like I, I consider myself a coordinated person. Like I can hit a tennis ball um, like coordinate in terms of sport, but when it comes to dancing, I'll leave that to the, the Latinos and the Latinas. But don't leave it to them. Let them take center stage, perhaps, because they're just better. But yeah, okay. But join in is the is maybe the join in. Be happy. Talking about sports, then, have you got in, into any Bolivian sports? I've gotten into sports. I wouldn't say I'm any good. Fronton, we played together once or twice. We do racquetball once or twice. Um. Yeah, I really enjoyed, before the coronavirus thing came to Bolivia, it was super fun just 
Saturday afternoon, front on in the fresh air, just playing and competing and you know, we're all we're not we're not serious, but like we like to have fun and Yeah. it's it's the only sport that would be strange if there wasn't drinking beer in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. That just because it's so much a part of Frontonda, then like you come in and out and there's a Pasenia on the go at the same yeah. time. It's 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 a great I do it for the culture rather than the competitiveness. In the sun, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really, a, it's it's an absolute recipe for a headache. Yeah, absolutely. But we still end up doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other surprises that Bolivia dealt you when, uh, when you came here? I guess I was really confused with the, the public transport system. The fact that you can just stop the bus whenever you want. That really... Uh, I never understood that. It is a strange one. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know how to explain it. I feel like I'm used to it now, but you're travelling behind this bus, all of a sudden it slams the brakes on. You're like, oh, good, it's me. We have to change lanes. Um, and then they just get off. Um, you certainly miss it when you go back to and when you go back to the UK, for example. So I've got to walk down the road to get to the bus stop. I could just <laughs> stop the bus. Exactly. Like, why can't I just stop the bus? I never thought about it like that, actually. Maybe I was so used to just the structure of having a bus stop, a designated bus stop that, I mean, when I lived in Australia, the bus stop was out the front of my house anyway, so it didn't really matter. Okay. Um, That convenience was built into your life. Yeah, exactly. But no, it it was kind of weird at the start, but no, other than that, it's, it hasn't surprised me too much. And so let's go the other way around then, because for many uh, Bolivians, they might not know so much about Australia itself. Mm. How would you, when your students ask you, what's Australia like? Mm-hmm. What's your response? Well, it's very comparable to the tropical living of South America. So, I mean, you can compare it to here. It's hot. We have seasons. So we actually have winter and spring and summer and the other seasons. <laughs> well done. There's only four of them. <laughs> you managed to remember two. No, but it, like, Bolivia has two seasons, right? Yeah. It has well, three weeks of medium cold yeah. and then it's hot all the time. Exactly. So I'm talking from a perspective of living in Sydney, which is on the east coast about halfway up Australia. I know that in the north of Australia, it's quite hot all year round, kind of like Santa Cruz weather. But where I'm from, we have seasons. Um, they're big cities or rural towns in Australia. We have, I think, six big cities. And if you don't live in a big city, you live in a, a small town. Mm-hmm. City country. Uh, most of the universities are in the cities, but there are also some good universities in some rural or urban towns. Where would you say is the top university? Uh, Sydney, in Sydney. Sydney, Melbourne. And I went to the Australian National University in Canberra, and that's a very good university. Yep. So I recommend, yeah, if if you're interested in studying or going to Australia, I recommend Sydney, Melbourne as the two places where you want to study. Because these, I mean, I've only seen pictures of these these cities, but they look look really nice. They look like hotter versions of some American cities. Yeah. Yeah, they're incredible. You have everything. You have 
restaurants, they're very cosmopolitan. We mm-hmm. see this word a lot in our books. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> from level one to... Yes. <laughs> they're very cosmopolitan. We have restaurants from all over the world. We have people from all over the world. We have beaches. We have everything. Theatres, music, art, you name it. It's in Sydney. It's in Melbourne. Because everything's on the coast in Australia, Pretty basically. much. I, I feel like, I may be wrong here, but I feel like 85% of Australia's population live within one hour of the coast, which is crazy. Yeah, because it's a huge country, but so much of it is taken up by yeah. desert. Mm-hmm. And I have to ask, because everyone says this is a stereotype, dangerous animals? I mean, how safe is it? You were asking how safe <laughs> yeah. Latin America was, so how safe is Australia? Well, I'm still, I'm still living. I'm 28. But you're not in Australia anymore. That's true. I mean, it's what you make it, right? Uh, there's sharks in the ocean. There's snakes in the, in the bushes. The bushes? Do we know that word? Yeah. Well, I do. Yeah. <laughs> bushes, like forests and stuff. There's animals everywhere. I mean, Bolivia is dangerous as well. There's big snakes here. What's the most dangerous animal you've seen in Bolivia? And is it anywhere <laughs> close to the leagues of animals you've seen in Australia? It's the cow dog. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the cow dog. The cow dog that lives out the front of Language Connection. What cow dog? There's a dog that looks like a cow down the road, just outside of Language Connection. Justifying. Tell, it tell looks like a, cow. looks like a cow. Does it have udders? It does. All right, I didn't know that. You didn't have know that. students seen this cow? Maybe they have, but I definitely have, and I've been barked at. I'm terrified of dogs. My parents deliberately bought a family dog when I was five years old to try and get rid of my fear of dogs. And it only made it bigger. <laughs> well, I like dogs if I trust them and if I know them. But if I see a dog on the street, I'm absolutely terrified, frightened for my life. So you're more you're more scared of the animals in Bolivia than Australia. I guess so. Yeah. There you go. So you don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> but I think like you know, there's stereotypes for every country, isn't there? And dangerous animals are a stereotype. Well, the cost of living is quite high in Australia, I guess, right? It is, yeah. The rents are quite high. Uh, food in the supermarket's quite high. It's quite high cost of living. However, the it's all relative, right? We have a good standard of living. The wages are quite high. You're going to be paid a lot for job, the equivalent jobs that you'd work here in Bolivia. What kind of jobs do immigrants do in Australia? A bit of everything? A bit of everything. We actually have a skilled migration system. So if you're an engineer or if you're a doctor or if you're one of those professionals, uh, you have a better chance of getting, you have a better chance of making it to Australia because it's quite discriminatory. Like we'd, we'd prefer to take an engineer over a cleaner, a skilled migrant over an unskilled migrant. And actually a lot of our students are skilled migrants, uh, not migrants, they're skilled people. So right. it's it's an option for, for people who are trained in, in engineering or they're doctors or they're nurses. But they put a really high focus on English level. Yeah, and that's that's just got harder. If you don't speak English, you have to take 500 hours of English classes. And that's a lot because I think a standard level three, four, five, three, four, five, six here is 120 hours, right? 130 for each each level. So that's like, it's almost two two years. However, like I think you'd be studying it full time, right? 
Yeah, I, but I it's still it it's still a lot. I think it's ridiculous. I mean, I don't need Spanish to live in Bolivia. It's a strange one. Like they put, a, I'm saying, put a high focus on English. Obviously, you want to speak some of the language of yeah. the country that you're living in, but that is a harder barrier to get into for Australia and for the UK too. If you if you want to study there, for example, mm. um, in ways that we don't have here, it just it isn't the same. Um, so it it just puts more of an emphasis on English being uh, something you really need to get sorted as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's really important. It's a natural plug for language connection. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, it, it makes sense to learn English and go to Australia because the people are great. The food's delicious. I mean, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Tell us what's, what's the uh, Australian food. No, can we not go back to food? <laughs> I don't know. We don't have culture. <laughs> Australian culture is beach culture, right? We go to the, go to work, go to the beach. That's it. And sports. And sports. We have like tons of sports. Lots and lots of different sports. Rugby league, rugby union, cricket, Australian football league, AFL, we call it. Um, Aussie rules. Football. Aussie rules. That's Aussie rules. Yeah. Which I'm not into. Well, I wasn't, I didn't grow up watching Aussie rules. So yeah, sport, beach. Barbecues, we also have barbecues, but we have gas barbecues rather than Jurassic barbecues. Really doesn't sound too dissimilar to Bolivia. Not really. Apart from the coast part. Not really. Uh, yeah. I mean, we don't have fresh food markets seven days a week, 365 days a year, which is really sad. But uh, that's why I came to Bolivia, to go to those fresh food markets. <laughs> How often do you go to a Rasta? Maybe once every two months. Have you ever run into a student in Alaska? No, I haven't, no. Have you run into many students outside language only, connection? Only in the Hippomaxi, which I'm okay with. Yeah, that's where we could, if anyone's looking for you, they'll yeah. find you in Alaska and Hippomaxi. Yeah, exactly. They're the only two places I go at the moment. <laughs> well, I mean, no one's going anywhere right now, but oh, before yeah. lockdown. The reason I'm getting you... Um, while we can, is because you're you're moving on to to Brazil next year, right? I am. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a it's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've, I've my time in Bolivia has been awesome. I've loved teaching and I've loved meeting everybody. Um, but yeah, it's the right decision for me at this point in my life. We've loved having you here for sure. Um, so, uh, what can Ollie in 2020 tell Ollie in 2018 about these two years? If you were going back to tell, talk to yourself, what's You've got this in store. Well, what would you tell yourself? I, I got the job for Language Connection in, I think, October 2018. Two years ago, which is what you just said. <laughs> um, and I was offered the job by Miranda, Luke and Joe. And I sat looking at this email for about two hours. I had drafted an email saying, thank you, but no thank you. Because I thought, oh, my God, is this really... Like, it's such a drastic change to move to a different country. You kind of not finish your life in Australia, but it was kind of like I was finishing uni um, and I needed to look for the next the, the next opportunity. And this came up and I, and I almost sent the email saying, no, nah, thank you, um, but I prefer to stay in Australia. And I'm glad I didn't. But I would tell myself the self that was thinking don't do it and anyone who has a big decision to make just go for it 
Absolutely go for it. Take the risk. Um, you're better off finding out and either not liking it than rejecting something and not knowing about it. I think that's true. I think that's true about basically anything. Like you will never know. Like the worst thing you can do is slightly regret your decision. But worst comes to the worst. You have a base back in Australia to to work from or yeah. to go by whether you were working here or in Brazil or anywhere. Yeah. It's worth taking the risk. And, you know, the teachers here and the community here are super supportive and it's been a good laugh. No, I mean, we're certainly really happy that you never sent that email because we were like, oh, man, we were excited. All right, Ollie, thank you very much for for going on this uh, first podcast adventure with us. No thank problem. you for being with us for the last two two years. Wish you well in Brazil and you're welcome anytime. And this wouldn't be a podcast if it didn't give you a chance to plug something of your own, right? Exactly. I have a YouTube channel. It's called Ollie, O-L-L-I-E, Levido, L-E-V-I-D-O. I basically upload videos about traveling my life, and teaching in South America. So go and check that out, everybody. All right. Thank you very much, Ali. And we'll see you next time. No worries. Bye-bye. Big thanks to teacher Oli Levito for agreeing to be the opening guest for this new Language Connection podcast. And thank you for joining us today, whether you were here for some English listening practice or just to pass the time. If you're not already a Language Connection student or if you know someone who is looking for English classes, then get in touch with us to organize a free diagnostic test. Our website is languageconnection.com.bo. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash languageconnection. And our Instagram is at languageconnection. To contact us directly over WhatsApp, the number you need is 7849. 6717. I've been Luke Malkin, and if you have any questions or suggestions for a future episode, then get in touch or leave us a comment. Stay connected to us for help learning English here at Language Connection Bolivia.